Hello and welcome to Black Eye the Podcast, the podcast where I share my perspective on life through my eyes. Today we're going to be talking about boundaries. Hello everyone, welcome to episode, I believe this is four now, of um, Black Eye the Podcast. Thank you for listening again, thank you for joining, thank you for finding this podcast, thank you for giving... Um, half an hour 40 minutes of your your ears and brain to me this week i hope everyone's doing well i had a very busy a busy few few days last week just work was very insane then i had a few birthday things and whatever running around so i've been a bit off schedule and a bit a bit off track so i'm recording this in the morning before work um gotta make time i was listening to uh, an interview actually on um, one of my favorite podcasts, Diary of a CEO. And I'm just going to find the name of the lady. Because uh, the episode was really, really good. Um, yep, so it was this lady. Her name is, and I hope it doesn't play, um, Marie Foleo. She was a guest on the show and she was talking about her three rules and one of the rules she said and I won't go through all three because I can't remember them and I'll probably um, mix them up but one of the things she said was if something is important enough to you you will make time to do it and time is often an excuse we use when we just don't care enough to make time to do something and I thought about a lot of things that I've kind of started and stopped in my life and things that I have had an interest in and then kind of let fall to the wayside and a lot of those things I do care about or I do have an interest in or I do want to do but I just didn't care enough to keep making time to do them one of the main ones is the gym and it's funny because i know i was speaking about exercise in the first episode i do love going to the gym i do love exercising but at the same time i'm very cognizant of the fact that it's not top of my priority list sleeping enough seeing my friends doing my content creation doing the podcast my job um taking care of my cat being in touch with my family socializing will always kind of take precedent over the gym because it's just one of the things that because I, I have so much going on I'm so busy I don't have a lot of time and so if it's a case of like record the podcast go to the gym the gym the podcast will go first the, the gym it's weird because it's an investment in myself but something that I, I know does have positive impacts but I think I'm more focused on things that are um more deep rooted and more long term like I just feel like the gym for me at least is purely a aesthetic thing I just want to look good because I've always kind of wanted to just get to a place where I'm very confident in my body and my physique not that I'm not like disastrously unconfident now but at the same time it's just, it's nice when you kind of go for a swim on holiday with friends and you've got abs and pecs and arms and a nice big leg and big leg big thighs and a big bum and whatever like people do like that and I think it's something that I think there's nothing wrong with this with aspiring to look good if that's going to make you feel confident and there are ways of doing that that are healthy of course and not obsessing so um but yeah Marie Farlow Fol- said that you know you make time for, for things you care about and so with the podcast and even with the podcast i was doing before with with ellie restless minds do check it out if you haven't listened it's still alive it's still live on there i forgot i was paying for the subscription so it's still on there um so you can still listen if you have if you found this podcast and you also have adhd or ocd feel free to go over and listen um but we always made time for it. i always made time if it was re- editing during the work day on my break or like editing late at night or editing on the weekends or recording on the weekends or recording before work or recording after work or recording during the work day i always found a way to make time because that was a priority for me and i kind of it's been interesting me thinking about that for the last i think i listened to this podcast maybe two weeks ago now um, um with um, Stephen bartlett and uh marie forlow and it's been interesting it's been playing my mind quite a lot i've been kind of cog- like i guess conscious of 
the things I do really fight to make time for. And if, and for me, another thing that it seems kind of mundane, but one thing I always seem to make time for is decompression time at the end of the day. I always make time to just watch like half an hour or 20 minutes of something as I fall asleep. And I know it's bad for you because of like, you know, the, the yellow light is bad for our eyes, but I do like to just have 20 minutes where I just turn off my mind and watch something. So that might be a series or something I'm watching or just like a YouTube video or just maybe some TikTok or whatever. Just something that I think makes me feel like I'm giving myself time to just be still and do nothing and just watch TV and relax, especially if I'm working late or busy or have been out seeing friends. Even if I get back late after dinner or drinks, I do like to just have time to just sit down and just do do nothing and just relax. Um, so that's that's what I was just thinking about. And I, I shared that because I just thought it was interesting. Listen to the episode. It's great. Um, I hope I haven't got her name wrong yet. Her name is Marie Forlow. Sorry, no, I want to just make sure I say it right or spell it right. Her name is Marie. Mar- there it is. Marie Forlow. F-O-R-L-E-O. Um, she's a world-renowned coach. Multi-million pound dollar um, lady. So great advice. Really great speaker. Very confident. Very interesting. And just very, um, just very sensible. Like it, what she said just made sense. So check it out. Um, so this week's episode, boundaries. I want to talk about boundaries because it's something that I have been working on for the last two or three years of my life, personally, in friendships, uh, in past relationships, with family, with work. And it's something that I think, and it's also something that was touched on in that episode with Marie, but um I think you really have to, as you get older, set lines and confines of the different spheres of your life and how much space you want them to take up and how much space you'd allow them to take up and how much control you have over that. And one thing for me, I think, is that it can be hard when you're someone that likes to do a lot or is very busy to actually sit down and be like, no, that's enough and I'm not doing that and setting setting kind of limits to things. And it can also lead to adverse reactions from your friends when you start to set boundaries that were not in place before. So it's, it's something I'll, I'll kind of go through the, the different avenues of, the, of um, how I've applied, about, applied boundaries to my life and what they mean to me. But I think it is interesting, you know, I think as humans, we have a like desire to please people. And I've always been an innate people pleaser. And I think through like reading and therapy and whatever and talking to my friends and kind of re- like paying attention to myself as I've got gotten older, I have an innate desire to please people and that kind of ties in it interestingly with um with my ADHD and so one of the things they say about ADHD is that you um have this there's this um, terminology called RSD which is rejection sensitivity dysphoria which is where you hate any kind of negative um output from your friends or like a negative reaction you hate rejection you hate being told you've done something something wrong and so that builds with in people with ADHD like this innate need to please people to keep people happy so they don't have to experience that feeling of being rejected and so I, again, my diagnosis is, and I, I'll probably do a whole episode on this another day for people that haven't listened to Restless Minds, but it's interesting to kind of think about the different ways that a diagnosis has actually helped me figure out parts of my personality. But um, the need to people please is something that I've always, always been like with my friends and my parents. I remember them telling me when I was like 16, 17, it's like, you can't do everything for all your friends all the time. Like people have to go through their own things and you can support them. And I, I always would just like take on people's problems or want to advise them and be there for them and like listen to them cry and try and resolve it. And it would become, it would kind of eat me up and become my issue. And I didn't really get it at the time. I was like, dad, like, that's fine. Mom, that's fine. Like, it's okay. Like I, I want to be a good friend and blah, blah, blah. But I, re- as I kind of like now at 27 and then the last year or two, I've realized that there's being a good friend and then there's like overcompensating and like putting yourself beneath other people and putting other people's needs above your own and that's something that I was definitely very guilty of doing 
and um i think it's a good one to start with actually friendships in terms of boundaries friendships are a beautiful thing i think that there are so many great things that can be gained from them and so many things you can learn from being close to someone and kind of building a bond in, th- in that way but one thing that i've learned i think people should really be conscious of and it's hard to do is sometimes you need to sit down and objectively and holistically look at the relationship you have with the person and actually ask yourself what is the genetic makeup of this relationship where are the balances where are things skewed and am i fine with them being skewed in that kind of way so one for me is like okay it might be a situation where you're the one who's emotional so you're the one that kind of like leans in more in that way and kind of asks people how they're doing kind of chats them about things and gives that emotional support to that to that friend let's say friend a let's say your friend is called alex right but then maybe you don't need emotional support from Alex because you get that from other places, maybe from other friends or from your family, or maybe you just don't need as much emotional support because you're just built differently. But in that friendship with Alex, perhaps Alex is the friend that always asks you to do stuff. He's always like, are you free? Like, or this weekend to go, like, go for a drink or like, let's go on holiday with these people. Let's go and see a film. And so it might be skewed in that, like, you're the one that is always asking and like taking care of him in terms of like the mental state and supporting him in that way. But actually he's the one that is social and encourages you to do things out of your comfort zone. And so it's not a problem where relationships are skewed in different avenues, but what is a problem is if you are the friend that is always doing everything and it's always forward leaning on your part and you're always the one that's doing the majority of the uplift for the friendship. And if you don't message and you don't ask them how they're doing and you don't call them, you don't try and see them, you don't arrange to meet them, you don't do like buy them a birthday present, like, nothing would happen. And it's a sad, it's very sad when you get to that realization. Uh, I think when you like have been friends with someone for a long time and then you kind of then realize that actually... I'm putting in way more than I'm getting out into this friendship. Do I want to continue? And so old me would typically be like, right, cut them out, cut the friendship, end the ties, we're done here. This is not serving me. This isn't the right thing for me. But I think one thing I've kind of found as a middle ground or a way to kind of not be so drastic and kind of black and white is that you can just start to set boundaries with people. And so I think with friendships and one thing I started doing was just being conscious of the fact that I was always the one doing X, Y, and Z. And so just deciding, actually, not with this person, I'm not going to not engage with them, but I'm just going to be conscious about how much I put into this situation. So for example, being someone that doesn't always take on and absorb all of their problems, for example, with Alex again, or let's let's use another friend. Let's use B, let's use uh, Bertie. Bertie, I haven't got any friends called Bertie, so there you go. If you use Bertie as as an example, friend B, right? Um, You might just decide that, yeah, you're going to text them every now and then, say how you're doing, but, you know, you're not going to pry and be like, oh my God, okay, so what should we do about that? And like, oh, hey, we know, I know I spoke about you being upset about this thing at work. How did that thing go? When, if you're not getting that back from someone, it might be that they are not that way inclined or they're busy or they might just not care enough. And sometimes you might be like, pouring out all of your like care to someone that just doesn't really see you and this is another thing right doesn't really see you in that same category and sometimes I think with friends we can be mismatched in what we expect from the friendship or the standards we set for the friendship you might be all the way up here thinking like this is my best friend and like I'm gonna give everything because like we're best friends with each other and this other person B Bertie might just see you as like a good friend but like isn't he's not gonna die on the line for it and so sometimes to avoid hurt and repetition of the same pattern when you feel like underwhelmed and under supported and underappreciated in a situation sometimes look at the way the person treats you and it, it, it can hurt at times but factually it's good to observe what you're getting back from people and what you're putting in and 
you know, I don't think it should be tip for tap, but also don't be mugged off by people. Um, and so, you, like, I think boundaries for me with friends sometimes is just being, and I had friends that, like, anytime anything happened with them where they would be upset and they, you know, like, have a breakup or have a fight with their parents or someone annoys them, they call me straight away. The phone rings, I answer, hey, what's up? And, like, it's an hour conversation, even though, like, I know I had plans to, like, make my dinner or go to the gym or go on a walk or meet someone else. But I would drop what I was doing to to speak to that person and kind of really take on their problem as as as, as my own. Uh, and then when I had an issue, I'd mention it via text and they kind of text me about it and then that would be kind of it. And then there'd be no follow-up. And I kind of just realized, okay, fine, well, I'm not going to stop, you know, listening to them when they have problems, but I might just cut that phone call a bit shorter and say, actually, hey, like, I've got to go now. Like, feel free to text me if you want to. And, you know, you, I think it's fair enough to manage your self and your kind of relationship with that person in that kind of way so um or maybe just seeing a certain person less because for example i had friends that i would see often but it was always me saying what should we do this week and where should we go and okay i'll book this and i'll message you about this and okay remember this thing we're going to do here and there let's do that but it was never kind of like the other way coming and so i i just kind of set boundaries into the kind of like definition of how much i needed to see that person so I'd still message and say, what do you want to do? But then I would leave it for a week or two because I didn't want to feel like I was the one pushing everything. And, and lo and behold, nothing happened. We didn't see each other as much anymore because they didn't make the effort. And there were friends that I actually, you know, kind of, other boundaries I set was being more honest. I think I had I had friends that would do things I didn't agree with in the friendship and I would kind of just let it slide because I never wanted to be someone that kind of brought up a lot of confrontation for no reason or was kind of difficult. And I would just say, actually, hey, you know what? That thing you've been that thing you said the other day really upset me or I've noticed that you've been kind of like rude towards me or like I, I think you've kind of been in a bad way but you're, it's affected me in the way you kind of interact with me and I don't like that and there was a, there were friends that just weren't used to me having an issue I was always the people pleaser friend who would just be happy support them listen to their issues turn up to events and then kind of and then kind of just be like the happy-go-lucky guy and then once I started saying what I actually felt and how I felt about things or you know my opinions it was met with such an adverse reaction because they just weren't used to it. And this is what I was saying about when you start setting boundaries and calling out things you don't like or changing the way you engage with people, people can often be shocked. And the response is just to like withdraw and pull out and be like, oh my God, like how could they say this to me? That's so that's so mean. Because they're just not used to being told when they're at fault. And so um, there, were, there, were, I, there were friends that I don't speak to anymore because I just, when I started being more conscious about myself and kind of setting my own boundaries, they just couldn't stand it. And I just said, well, look, I'm looking out for myself here. And so if you can't support me in being someone that is honest or, you know, able to moderate my own life in the way I want to, then I guess we can't really be friends. And so we weren't friends. And of course it's sad, but at the same time, if you really think about it, if this person is so selfish or so self-absorbed or so determined to only, only have a friendship on their terms and if those terms change to be more supportive of you and your needs they can't handle that then you probably shouldn't be friends with that person um other ways i set boundaries with friends is i have a lot of friends and this is kind of a sign of the times i think there are a lot of situations where i think people are going through things in life that affect their mental health and can be difficult um and i have i have i have had friends where you know i'm aware they're going through something and so as i said as an example before i will consciously check on check on them let's use a friend c this time let's use um christopher as as an, as an example again i have no friends called christopher so it's not it's not implying anything um 
And so I know these people struggle with certain things. So every few weeks I'll check in and say, hey, how are you doing? How's this, this going? How's your state? Like, how do you feel about life? You good? Check on them, chat about it with them for ages, text back and forth for days, really bottom it out, get through it. And then I don't hear from that person maybe for a, a few weeks because, you know, we've chatted about this situation on and off for about a month or two. Um, and then people kind of get better and they get through that situation. They don't even owe you the courtesy of telling you, hey, by the way, like, I'm feeling great right now. I really appreciate the support that you gave me before. Like, let's hang out. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. Like, I'm in a good place. You just see this person suddenly on Instagram is out all the time, out with different friends, out doing whatever, and it seems to have no time to engage with you anymore. And again, it's not like a jealousy thing. I think it's just like, it can be quite upsetting when you see how much you support people in their dark times or when they're struggling, but then when they're, when they're actually in a good place and have capacity to hang out and see people they don't want to see you and so again that might be a thing of realizing that you're maybe just a therapy friend which again is another a whole other topic i think that you, we can get into but it's not good to always just be the friend that people call when they have a problem but they have no time for you else when they actually couldn't give a heck like what you're going through and the example i just gave with christopher i had that with a lot of friends i start realizing with a few friends like a handful of them i was always checking in on them periodically because i knew they struggled with certain things and i want to see how they're doing but and actually these friends like never had time for me to speak to me about how I was doing or my life situations or stuff I was struggling with or work that I told them about or like the journey for me buying my first flat or whatever or like family stuff I told them but whatever just like things that were sensitive to me and that I was going through actually when I kind of I took the time to go through our messages and check like it was always me asking the questions and I would get either short questions or no questions actually prying into what I was going through or asking about things I shared with them um and that can also be like one thing i say be careful of that because i a few years ago was someone that didn't actually ever talk about myself and so people didn't ask because they kind of knew that i was someone that wasn't very comfortable sharing and that's another episode as well like i think sometimes when you're people pleasing used to only helping people with their problems it can be hard for you to actually admit you have issues or admit you have problems or admit that you have things you want to talk about or admit that you even need support and friends do kind of on the flip side as i'm saying this do pick up on those kind of traits and kind of understand that's how you are and then maybe start to think that you actually don't need that support so they stop asking you so it's, it's a double-edged sword but i think there's a balance right and so with christopher the example right i think it was very blatant that these people just didn't care or even try to ask and so it's not that i'm like okay i'm never going to support you again but i'm kind of just like okay it's not on me to constantly be the person that pulls you out of these situations and is the person you call at 4am when you're having a breakdown but then actually when when you are going out getting pissed every weekend, you have no effort to say, hey, do you want to go for, grab a drink or have lunch? Or like, what are you up to? How's this, how's this going? If that is the kind of dynamic, it's like, I'm only someone you think of when you really need help, which is great to be that person, don't get me wrong. But when there's other parts of the friendship that are worth nurturing, like quality time and like building the friendship and doing things together, that isn't something that's important to you. Then I don't know, I feel like you kind of have to... um ask yourself why that is and decide again it's a decision is figuring out if that is a friendship you want to be in there are friends i think that are takers right and just kind of are around you and expect certain things from you and kind of just always think they can have things their way and they want to come over on this day and they want to hang out and do this and it just happens but you have to think okay well like do i feel i'm getting as much as i'm giving in this relationship and is it worth the investment and of course sometimes it's hard when you've been friends with people for such a long time to look at something objectively and be like actually i don't think this is the best use of my time I don't think this has served me but we've been friends for 10 years and it feels kind of hard but everything has a season and a reason and I think even with friendships sometimes you know you can be best of friends and suddenly like you just look at it and realize actually we've kind of changed and grown apart and that is kind of that's just life and I think that's there's nothing wrong with that and it's fine to kind of recognize that 
and allow yourself to enjoy the friendship as it continues but maybe it continues in a different form or not the way you expected and it doesn't mean you block the person or you have animosity you stop being friends but you just kind of you make a mental note i don't think all these things you have to say hey i've been looking at our text and realized that it's forward leaning and i'm the one that's over involved so i'm going to stop doing that because sometimes people don't get it and so if you feel comfortable and you feel like you can have a conversation with that person definitely do but sometimes just observe and then kind of change your behavior um so that's friendships and then i think with work again boundaries are really important i think in this day and age of modern working where work is quite all-encompassing in certain industries and certain fields and you know whatever you do it's really important to just decide okay what am i going to do for this job and what am i not going to do you know if you're someone that doesn't like working weekends and or you don't like working super late then you have to figure out the ways to maintain those boundaries for yourself so even if that means you wake up earlier so that you can get out on time because you just love having your evenings so you can go to that salsa class so you can go and like do your cookery class so you just like to like relax and watch tv you don't have to always be doing something that's like goal orientated right but it's really important to figure out what your setup for work is and i i like with my job like we just work late that's it is what it is but i kind of one thing i've learned is that i like to leave the office at five between five thirty and 6 most days later 7 regardless of what how busy it is and how late i will be working just because it's nice to break up the day if I get in at nine and then it gets to five, six, I just want a change of scenery. And the journey home for me, like a walking home or I do cycle as well, cycling home or getting the tube or whatever, is enough time to just think about something else, reply to some texts, talk to my friends, maybe go, go and grab some food on the way home. But it's a nice way to decompress and separate and break up the day. I have colleagues and friends who I know like to exercise and so their boundaries are like I have to be able to exercise regardless of the workday some people do it before in the morning and get into work like 9 30 10 a bit later some people go during the workday and I think it's good to have those boundaries that regardless of how busy the day is at work I am going to make time for myself to exercise if I'm going to go to the gym for half an hour and shower that's 45 minutes or I'm going to do a class for 40 minutes and then shower it's an hour but setting those rules and lines within your work day so you have boundaries like that is important. I think another thing is figuring out how much you're going to let people um, affect with your mood throughout the day and setting those boundaries. Like work can be intense and you work with a wide range of people. And so sometimes you can end up being influenced by the people that are around you and their moods and the way they want to engage. And so sometimes it's about thinking, okay, this is just a job for me and I care about it. I want to do a good job, but what I'm not going to let it do is affect my state of mind outside the office and how I cope with things outside the office. So for me i'm gonna go into work and always be a positive person and kind of regardless of what people throw at me or give me i'm gonna maintain my character and my personality and so for me i've always tried to just be someone that tries to and it's not like i'm perfect at doing it and it's not easy but i try to maintain a positive attitude and emit positive energy at work regardless of how stressful the day is and how busy it is I just don't think anything in this life is really do or die for a job unless I own the company and I'm getting all the money and I don't. So it's kind of like you have to work hard and give your best, but I think you can't die for a job. You can't let a job kill you or ruin your mood. So you have to put things in place. And for me, what helps doing that is just being positive internally and admitting that externally helps me feel like I have a kind of grasp on... Um, I have control of my own state of mind and can it can be very difficult when like work is super fast and you've got emails flying around and calls back to back and people are kind of getting to arguments and disagreements and like people are getting really passionate about things and it's nice to see people be passionate because it means that people care and of course caring about your work is very important but I think sometimes people can get over absolved in the whole situation and it kind of can become like 
their whole life and that's why again I think it's important to have those boundaries because I think when you work if you're working a lot and you're working quite late and you're busy all the time and work is just something that seems to be all-consuming it can very it can very easily become something that seems like the only thing you have going on if you're working like 14 hour days like five days a week then you're also working weekends it can feel like, like like work is your life and so I think if you don't have enough things outside of work to motivate you to finish or things to pull you away before you come back and things to kind of break up your day to remind you that actually you're a self-serving human being that has other interests and has other hobbies and actually is allowed to have a life outside of the job you can become someone that is just obsessive about working all the time and being great at your job which is also a good thing don't get me wrong but there is also more to life than just sending emails and making money for a company that you don't you don't own um so that's work and i think also like setting boundaries with like people calling you i i try not to on unless it's urgent when people are calling me like post certain times at work I think if it's that urgent after like 8.39, you will just email me. And again, like it, this might sound crazy to people that don't work in a corporate field, but my lawyers and my bankers and my um, consultants will get that sometimes with projects or deadlines or clients, whatever, you do get called past post 5 p.m. Like, God, shock, horror, can you believe it? But you do get called late. And for me, I think you can have numbers saved for certain people that you know are important and that, you, you know, your managers and you have to answer the phone because they're calling you, it's urgent. But most things, if it's that urgent, you'll probably just email me. And then if I see the email, we need to get on a call, then I will call you back. But I've tried to be conscious about not just picking up the phone. So I've had it before where I picked up the phone at dinner to answer work call. And then it turns into a 15, 20 minute conversation. Then my food arrives and it's cold. And I think, again, it's just like, you have to kind of set your own confines and figure out what you think works for you and allows you to do your job to the best of your ability. Um, and yeah, even it's like picking up a call at dinner, like allow yourself an hour to eat, right? After like throughout the work, if you're working late and you have to go back to work, but you're eating, sit down and really just disconnect and don't be on your phone, like checking emails and don't be replying to emails on your laptop or chatting to your friends at dinner, but also kind of replying to stuff. Like give yourself an hour to fully engage in that activity of that thing you're doing and really enjoy just taking a break. Because if you don't, when you get back to working again or whatever, you're not going to feel relaxed or rested because you, you will have been fully just thinking about work the whole time um and i say this i'm not perfect at doing it but i really do think when i when i have the weeks where i make time to actually just put certain things in place like going to gym in the morning and making sure i give myself time so when i work from home i always cook lunch that's one thing i always also do i always try and cook lunch when i work from home which is i think like for me i really like cooking and I, it's th- very therapeutic for me like thinking what I want to buy going to buy the ingredients coming back and chopping them up and then frying them in certain timers it fully engages my brain it makes me feel really zoned in and focused and so I really like to cook when I'm working from home so that's one thing I always try and do today I bought a roast chicken I'm going to roast chicken um and then have that throughout the rest of the week for my kind of food so there, those, there are certain things I have that I've set as my own rules and boundaries for like when I work and they really help me feel because I work a lot of hours and so I think it's important to kind of do that so you feel like you're not going insane and those are things that I've done that have helped me so that's work and then I think another one that's interesting is um like boundaries for yourself personally I think like personal boundaries about you know how much you're going to allow things to creep into your personal time and one thing I'm really working on is making time for me and me alone to just do nothing so one thing I've started doing is I have me time Mondays and I've had to this is only two I'm only three weeks in now and I've put it in my calendar as a repeat for the next like I think it's forever 
and it's in blue i've got my cal- i've just started doing this thing through like a coach that i'm working with um f- and it's been really useful but blocking out things in advance because i always think okay i'm gonna go to gym this week i'll try monday tuesday wednesday and i don't have them written down or visible and then i make plans and they, they kind of fill up the slot so i have me time mondays in my diary on repeat and what i do is on those mondays i try to just plan something that's just fully relaxing and not like a job or an activity or towards like something goal orientated like completing a podcast recording or doing research for the podcast or like doing content on on youtube or tiktok or instagram or like writing up an article like it's just relaxing it's just taking break and like decompressing giving myself time to just enjoy and be happy and do something nice so the first time i did it i went to watch don't worry don't worry oh my god why can't i speak (laughs) went to go and watch don't worry darling in the cinema the new harry styles film with florence well florence Pugh with harry styles because harry styles was kind of a um assisting actor good film really interesting um not the best film ever. I wouldn't say it's like 10 out of 10. I'd probably give it like a 6.57. It was like, it was a good film. It was well shot. Interesting storyline. I watched it. The acting was good from Florence. Great. Harry was a bit meh. But um, it was, I'm glad I went to see it. I wouldn't go and see it again. But it's like, it's a good enough film to go out and go out, like watch it and then chat about like the ending and stuff. And it was, it was, Um, I thought it was okay. I've heard a, a mixed bag of reviews. But I just went and saw the film on my own. Came back had some food and went to bed but it was nice because also you're locked in the cinema in the dark with strangers and you just have to decompress and sorry you have to disengage and just watch something and so it, there's no distractions i was fully engaged with the film and i'm trying to do more stuff like that that helps me just focus so uh and then last the week after i just came back and i watched netflix all evening just watched tv had some food i sat on the, on the sofa and just stuffed my face and it was just so nice to take a break and one thing i'm guilty of is because i have a lot of side hustles and projects outside of my work I feel like I constantly have to be doing things all the time to be, to feel like I'm I'm achieving things and to feel like I'm progressing, which is great. But at the same time, if you have no time to just relax, you're going to constantly feel like you're tired and exhausted and running behind. And so that's one thing I really wanted to avoid. And so that just meant that I have had to start being very rigid in putting stuff in place to stop those boundaries from getting blurred. Because if I, if I don't do that, then I will just kind of every second that I get a break, I'm like checking my to-do list constantly. Like, okay, maybe I can write another email. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do that. And it just isn't the best the best approach for, for maintaining a healthy state of mind if you're constantly making yourself feel like you have to keep doing things to achieve or feel like you're some kind of successful person. This is partially down to Twitter being a bit of an intense place where people say if you're not hustling and you have 50 side hustles and like 10 streams of income then you're not living life right and there's no love in the streets bro like you got to get it up and like get your money up and it's just like it's too much sometimes and so it's been really nice to I have that to look forward to because often on the weekends from Friday I've got like plans on Friday evening doing like admin stuff on Saturday or Sunday to get ready for work then I'm probably out having lunch and dinners go out on a Saturday night and then Sunday I'm kind of tired and recovering so I don't get a lot of time to relax. So I put it on Monday. So the start of the week, because the start of the week can be quite intense. Back to work. Those of emails flying around. Loads to do. Super stressed, super tired. And then you just kind of, it's nice to have the Monday even to be like, okay, hey, start of the week, I'm going to have some time to just be conscious, reflect and relax. And it's been great for me. So I think that's one thing I've done is setting boundaries on how much I have to be constantly doing stuff. Um, and that's been good for me. And that's one thing I think is just like, there are other ways you can do this as well. I think if you know you're someone that, has a lot of things you want to achieve then like planning out where you want to do them and looking at your calendar and be like actually realistically that's too much for me to be doing in one week and then just pulling stuff out and being like you know what I'm not gonna die if I do that project next year I'm, if I come off that activity if I stop doing that business thing or I take a break from that or I stop doing the podcast for a while or I stop doing YouTube 
you have to set limits for yourself because this the desire we have i think as in this generation to succeed is is unparalleled and we're all kind of interested in so many avenues and have so many talents and so many hobbies and i don't think that's wrong right to have loads of things you're interested in i i completely refute the fact that you have to be a one trip pony one trick or one trip i don't know whichever one it is one one kind of pony and have one thing that you're doing all the time like it's good i think to have variety and interest and be to be dynamic and diverse of thought and so i think i have you know i work i have do youtube i do instagram i do tiktok i have podcasts and work on a business i do film like and all those things keep me motivated and stimulated and i love doing all of them i don't and i act as well and i don't plan on stopping doing them but it's good to be realistic about how much you can have on your plate at one time and kind of filtering things in and out and kind of and it takes my friend sometimes saying you're doing too much you are doing way too much you need to chill out i mean to me actually be like oh mm, oh oh yeah yeah and actually thinking about it and looking at the list of things i have in my roster and being like actually right now this thing is not a priority i'm going to put it to the side and stop it and so i think you have to consciously con- continuously and consciously be reviewing and allowing yourself to blend those boundaries maybe sometimes it's going to be that i'm going to have sundays it's always my sunday off so i'm going to just take sunday to to relax and i think i've even got in my Sunday now and this is my friend I was saying my friend told me this before reset Sundays where I'm just I put in three hours on a Sunday in my calendar blocked out to just do laundry and get some food in the house I have food for the week on Monday and so now when I'm making plans I have that as a boundary that I know I'm not going to put plans in that time and say yes I can meet for lunch at 12 because I can't because I pre-agreed with myself that those are boundaries where I'm going to keep for myself to have that time to just rest and relax and reflect and prepare myself in a way that helps me feel like I'm in control so I think those are some things I think are important. I think the friendship boundary thing is one that is evolving and one that I'm kind of still like learning about and working on. But it's it's good to have and it's good to think about. And, you know, sometimes, again, I think with friends, you just you go through different stages of capacity. Sometimes you have the sp- mental space and energy to just be a support blanket for people. But sometimes you're going through your own stuff and you can't handle that. And so it's fine to be like, look, I really want to be here for you and support you as much as I can in this. But I just really can't take on all of this as I did last time so I'm here to support you when you really need me but I also like appreciate you like supporting me where you can or I actually need support in this moment too so we can both support each other but I'm not gonna be able to be as as deep in it as I was last time and there's nothing wrong with being honest I think if you're not honest with your friends or yourself or your family or, or work or whatever then then you kind of have yourself to blame because no one knows how you truly feel because it's not out there so you have to kind of be honest with yourself in that regard and really put your truth and how you feel out there and so just for a short one because i i don't i really don't like talking about politics so i don't really think i'm well versed on it but timmy's takes this week um as i'm recording this um okay well, where do i start from sorry liz Truss was elected as prime minister 45 days ago um which and she resigned at the end of the 45 days the 45 days she was in office was less than the, the campaign period for the position in office i think it was like a few like a month a few months maybe a two a month or two but she's in in office for less time than she was campaigning to be prime minister she said several times in prime minister's questions and so those who aren't based in the uk let's trust as prime minister of the uk and um, we had like boris johnson was pushed out by his own party she ran for the position she got it she then resigned um she was saying the week before resigning though that she's not a quitter and she's all about like she's she's gonna do this and get the job done but then she resigned and one thing i think is so crazy and i don't know why these people aren't in jail is that you can run for a position to lead the country and then get get the position and then cut taxes for the rich at a point where the economy is literally in the gutter and people are struggling to 
live like there are people who cannot have their heating on who cannot feed their kids who cannot afford to travel to work who cannot clothe their kids who cannot you know keep the lights on and Liz Trust comes in and says hey do you know what that 45% tax for the rich like we're going to lower that we're going to sort the rich guys out because you know we want to stimulate business and all these excuses he makes whatever corporations or whatever for me that just shows and this is the thing I think it shows how completely out of touch all the people that all the people that are in charge and are in these positions are in or in the um the different parties right they're just so much older than our generation I think our society typically and just are out of touch they're from certain backgrounds and certain schools and certain walks of lives and have certain friends they just don't understand the implications of the decisions they make Liz Truss, you know, she came out and said she was gonna she was gonna um cut tax for the rich at a time where I think you know we're literally in a cost of living crisis so if there's anything she should be raising taxes for the rich and helping people who who don't have money or you know she refused to increase benefits for people that are below a certain income and it's just like I like it's insane to be like basically her policy was I love the rich and I hate the poor and it's it was very it was crazy to see that starkly expressed and so obvious and so blatant but then what was crazier to me is that she then couldn't even stand by her decisions and then reverse them because she got such pressure from the the mass public and media and then was like okay guys I've reversed it and I'm gonna stand my ground this is me and like this is the way I feel about things and then she then just quit and but the thing is that's insane is that in between her making the announcement about cutting taxes for the rich and then quitting the economy literally threw up everywhere and everything went to absolute crap like the bond market nearly crashed for the first time in god knows i think i don't want to say ever but the first time in years and years and years and years so in the state it's never been in before and it had such bad ramifications on the wider economy like globally and then she just resigned but like how can you do that and then just resign and be like do you know what actually like screwed up see you later all and there's no punishment for her or no repercussion and now we're in another state of elections where we have another conservative party member coming in i think this is the fourth or fifth in like six years so that's kind of crazy um coming in to run the country rishi sunak is the expected i think now announced prime minister but he's also in the conservative party so what i do, i mean i'm not a politics head so it's crazy that boris johnson was kicked out because his cabinet had fear in his ability they elect, they elected liz Truss. she was elected and then people then had questions about her ability despite the fact they elected her and now from the same party that is kicking out all their own people we now have a new prime minister the uk is just in a state of just a joke really and i just it's interesting i'd be so interested to see what people who are not in the uk think about the state of our government like what the politicians in other countries think and what other people think because it just is a bit of a it's insane that this is happening so i don't i don't know where i i like i mean i know i'm not conservative but i just i don't know like this is why i feel so like i'm bothered by it all because these people i mean rishi sunak i was watching a video today rishi sunak saying at a um conference i think in wimbledon at like a sports day or something for like a private school that you know he's his plan is to be the opposite of robin hood and take money from the poor places and redistribute it to the rich because the money's been taken from the rich and given to the poor to support them now he wants to bring it back and it's like he's saying that in public confidently that he wants to take money from the poor and this is now the man that is running our country and is now the prime minister so i just for me it seems like politics is kind of done i think it's done now i think we're in a place where it's kind of like we just need an overhaul and we need like a new set of faces and new set of people and we just need people that actually 
are conscious of the whole of society and people at different stages in their life and different classes and backgrounds and experiences and abilities um because that clearly isn't what we have right now but again i said i don't like to talk about politics too much i don't know too much about it but this is just kind of what i've read from following the news and kind of paying attention to what's going on and i just i don't know it's interesting that the state of the politicians and the electoral cycle has kind of shown how much lack of competence there is generally within the uk and in in um in parliament and in government and so it I hope that, you know, the next election cycle we get a different party in and actually they, they make some change. But then again, it's kind of unfair because they're inheriting the mess that's been left behind by the Conservatives. And that's what I mean. It seems there's kind of no... I mean, even you take COVID and Boris Johnson and how we handled that. I think lockdown, no lockdown. Okay, no, it's rising, but no lockdown. And, like, people are still dying. And, like, it's kind of... The focus has shifted on that completely. I'm sure that's conscious. But there are no ramifications for really messing things up and people kind of can do things without accountability of course people can shadow them and say they're angry and the press writes articles about them but realistically there isn't any there isn't any real um justice in that sense um and even the state of the country now and how bad poverty is in the uk and that's a result of you know the conservatives being in charge and how they've kind of handled that and their lack of care for that community and population and lack of interest in reinvesting them and supporting them but being so focused on bringing businesses to the uk or keeping business in the uk that they're actually killing their own people in favor of those companies is um it's frankly disgusting and it's really unfair so sorry to end on such a dark note but i thought i had to say something because i live in the uk and it's also my political system and it's just it's very topical it's all that was on the news yesterday so that's my take on that the conservatives are a mess and the country needs Maybe they should just elect my cat Doji as Prime Minister. I reckon he'd do a better job. He's sleeping in his bed now and looks like he's just chilling. Chill vibes. Good good energy. And cares. He loves everyone. So he'd be out looking out for everyone where possible. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation on boundaries. If you have struggled with boundaries yourself or are working on replacing boundaries within different parts of your life, if that's work or friends or family relationships, do let me know how that's going for you and any advice you have for me. And if you agree with what I said or you disagree or you think there are different ways to look at it, love to hear from you guys. Message me. I'm always happy to talk and also happy that you're listening to the episode. As always, please be sure to follow the podcast and leave comments and reviews and five stars or whatever stars you like wherever you can. But other than that, I will see you guys on next week's episode. Thanks for listening and have a good week.